0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. The last region.
1: We are doing our fourth region of the villain bracket. Um, If you haven't caught up, we've already covered the horror region. We've covered the Disney and cartoon region. Last week, we did the superhero region. And this week, we are doing classic slash other. So there's some banger villains in here that we just, couldn't really put in the other regions and we're going to cover them today
0: or like some of them just didn't like like you said didn't quite perfectly fit into one category versus another
1: once we have our final four we're going to switch it up a little bit uh and next week rather than doing three votes we are going to do seven votes so it'll be me and kelsey voting obviously and then i'm going to get picks from our four guest pickers that have helped us so far and then i'm gonna open it up to the fan votes because i get so much crap from everybody saying that they didn't like our picks so we'll give you guys a chance to vote yourselves too and we will see who the best villain of all time is
0: also we are doing our semi-final round for the drink battles so we are having our two winners face off and then next week The winner of this battle faces off against what we thought was our all-time favorite before starting the drink battles.
1: So what do you have in your finals?
0: Uh, Mine, too, is the um, Ranch Water. I believe it's the Rio Grapefruit. I'm pulling up the exact name. So the reason I don't have the exact name is actually because me and Brian are going to do a blind taste test. So you're not going to hear my all-time famous crack of the can opening into the microphone today because they are pre-poured um we are doing it blind because we feel like that's the most fair way to do it I feel like this is actually more beneficial for Brian because I feel like beers can taste similar Um, my two seltzers are very different so I doubt that I'm not going to be able to tell them apart um but I figured I'd join the party and do it blind too because it seemed like fun um, so I'm looking at the name right now, Ranch Water Rio Red Grapefruit Hard Seltzer versus the White Claw Pineapple, which is a limited edition. Um, I feel like these are all so limited, which is making me sad because if one of them ends up being my favorite, it's going to be very difficult to find. But oh no, well.
1: You, you just stuck up. I saw a picture the other day of someone I know that just bought like... 12 cases of Sam Adams' Oktoberfest because they just released it. They only release it for a few months here. So just buy it out. So we'll go wherever they have ranch water and buy it out. If that ends up being your winner.
0: It's just been so hard to find it. And I'm really upset because I'm committed. We always find it every week. But man, is it hard.
1: And then my two beers that I have left are Milwaukee Brewerine's Louise Demise, which is an amber ale. And then Lining Kugel's Northwood's Lager, which is an amber lager. So it was my idea to do this blind because they do taste pretty similar. And I do not want my bias creeping into this because I know which one I think I like better. But we'll see what the gods decide.
0: I also feel like, and this goes without saying, that we should probably do next week blind as well. Yes. Just to make it as fair as possible.
1: So with that being said, I'm going to try my first one. And I don't know which one this is. I'm not even going to try explaining this. I've tried to describe my beers in the past, and we know how that goes. I will tease a little bit that we had someone reach out to us that could really help us get to know our beers a little better. That is in the works. I'm going to leave it at that.
0: It's exciting stuff, guys. It's exciting stuff, though. I just tried my first one, too. And like I said, I'm doing it blind just to be a trooper, but... Obviously my two seltzers have very different flavors, so I know for a fact that the one that I just tried is the pineapple. Um once again, still really good, still really fruity. It tastes like a pina colada, but it's a seltzer, so best of both worlds.
1: So I tried the second one. I just know already that the first one it just it's just better. It tasted better. It has more of a like a kick to it. Um and not kick it's not neither of these are high in alcohol, I don't think, but it has it just has more flavor to it. I'm gonna look right away because that's the one I'm gonna drink for this podcast, and it is the Louise demise, which I didn't think so. I didn't think so going into this.
0: I'm going in for my second one too because I don't know. I have a feeling that I know which one's gonna win <laughs> unfortunately, yep, the ranch water it just tastes like. Like I said before, it has like a margarita taste to it. And any way that I can get a margarita taste in a seltzer, I'm completely on board for. Um, They are so hard to find. I can't even express it. I feel like when I first started the drink battles and I first picked it up, I, f- I saw it everywhere. And I don't know if it's like a summer thing and maybe they're not going to make it past the summer. Kind of like the summer shandy for lining Googles that's totally possible, but I'm having such a hard time finding it that it's really upsetting because it's really, really good. So if I find it at a store, I'm going to be that Oktoberfest psychopath and buy like three boxes of it just to have at the house because it's really good. Uh, I highly recommend. Anytime I can get like a different feel or different taste out of a seltzer, I'm totally on board for it. They all start to taste the same after a while, in my opinion. this one's really, really good. Really, really good.
1: All three weeks that Louis's Demise has played, it went against Fat Tire in the first round, uh, the Johnny's Blood Red in the second round, and then just now the Northwoods Lager. I thought I liked all three of the other beers better, but what do I know, I guess?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that that one pulled through at the end, but that's awesome. That's why we do this. I mean, I'm kind of shocked, too.
1: So I'm going to sit here and sip on my Louis Demise from MKE Brewing. Next week, I will see if I like it better than Boston Lager, but I think we should get into our bracket, and we have a little surprise today. We are bringing in our tiebreak votes, and I don't even know why I call it the tiebreak vote, because there's three votes. They they, They all count the same, so our third voter is on air with us right now, so you guys have... I've mentioned him before. He is the creator of Helverson time. There's this rumor that Helversons are late. Uh-huh. And there's a formula that Luca, is his name, came up to uh Luca, what is it? What what makes me late? I mean,
2: anything will make you late as I've found over the years. Um I also I don't want to take credit for coming up with it. I just I think maybe if anything I pop, uh popularized Helverson time. Uh but it's whatever however much time brian says it's going to be until he does a thing you take that times two and you add 10 minutes
1: and did that did that
2: happen today uh so i'm really happy you asked because both times we talked about stuff today i actually kept track just for shits and gigs and almost to a t uh when you initially said you were going to send me the like we were going to start. That was at 12.07 and you said we do this at about one thirty. That was an hour and 23 minutes, so times two plus 10 is 2.56 and we started about three minutes shy of that, so bang on like always. And then the other one was when you're like, hey, I'm 10 minutes out, you sent me the link uh, 33 minutes after that. So again, 10 times two plus 10 is 30, so it works. It's a real thing.
1: You really wrote these down?
2: I did either on my notebook along with the other stuff I've been writing down today, getting ready for this. <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: I feel like now that people have that equation, like because it's contagious or because now we're a couple. So like if Brian's late to something, Kelsey is also late to the same thing. Our friends now place bets on us as to when we're going to show up. And now they have the equation.
2: right well so then all you got to do is then it gets real interesting is just playing over under with the estimated (laughs) time (laughs) but thank you for having me on today guys I appreciate it
1: yeah so Luca is my friend from home Uh, we went to high school together we've been friends for a really long time he is actually if I was telling Kelsey this before when I was like oh I should ask Luca I'm like Luca is really made out for this region I can't think of anyone that could, you know, when I send these uh, these brackets to people, I'm like, okay, like, I don't know how well they know all these villains. I feel like Luca is probably going to make us look bad on our own podcast with these guys.
2: Well, that just happens that some of the ones on here are some of the universes that I really nerd out to. So, yeah, there's a couple that I know a lot about.
1: So what are a couple of your favorite universes or movies or just so people can kind of get a feel for?
2: Star Wars. Um, it's probably my number one and then, uh, the Halo universe and then Lord of the Rings. Um, and all three of those I've read multiple, multiple books, and have either played, you know, all the video games or watched all the movies that there are to enjoy for all of those. So those three for sure.
1: Uh, me and Kelsey, we like to do trivia nights. I know you do trivia too. You're a big trivia guy, right? Yes. And you had to pick one Theme trivia or one themed night trivia where you could go to and feel like you could bat a thousand or close to it. What would that theme be?
2: Um, I'd be confident any one of those three, um, for like the average person. Now, if you got like into the real nitty gritty about stuff, like, yeah, I'm sure there's details of stuff that I don't know. Um, but like general Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or Halo knowledge, like. I've I've got the answer to that question.
1: Yeah. and So mine was up until about four years ago when I really stopped following the new seasons. It was South Park. And I feel like you'd be pretty confident in that too. Oh, gotcha. Is
0: there a celebrity gossip category? Because I feel like I could crush that.
1: (laughs) That's definitely a thing. Before we did this podcast, we would really sit around at dinner and stuff and quiz each other on this stupid stuff. Like, hey, name me a celebrity and I'll tell you who they're married to so that's kind of why we wanted to do a podcast on it um so i pulled up a celebrity couples list and i was quizzing her on it and she goes oh no that's wrong that's got to be a couple months old he broke up and he's dating so-and-so now so she's correcting these freaking lists that i'm reading the the trivia from so
0: i have no life (laughs) speaking of which though your three things that you feel like you are like most confident about or know the most about literally are the three things that like I can't stand, <laughs> but like that Brian loves. So now I have like Brian, I can just pawn him off on you. Whenever Brian wants to go see a new Star Wars movie or something, I'm like, oh, maybe ask Luca.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Luca, where do you live right now? I'm up in Grand Forks, North Dakota right now.
1: I'm not oh, driving man. to Grand Forks to watch a <laughs> Star Wars movie.
2: No, it's not worth it. I'll come to you.
1: And me and Luca have very different opinions on the, on the new trilogy of Star Wars anyways well
2: i mean we can we could get into that anytime it's i understand both sides of it i just i've got i've got my opinion
0: if the three of us get together again for a podcast i could literally just quiz you two on star wars and see who knows the most
1: oh i would love that
0: that would be fine
1: i don't think i would beat in star wars trivia i would need something like i would need game of thrones is where i would want to do it
0: oh yeah i mean game
2: of thrones is cool too so i mean i'd I'd love answering questions against somebody that
1: knew that one.
0: I'd love to be a quiz master. That sounds like fun.
1: I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about with all these villains. So, Kelsey doesn't like to see the brackets. Uh, I obviously see the brackets when I make it. Luca has seen the brackets, so we kind of know, well, we know all the first-round matchups. Yes. This first one is one that kind of triggers me already. We have the one-seeded The Night King from Game of Thrones against 16-seeded Commodus from Gladiator. So again, I ranked these by Google search hits. So the number one seed was searched the most and the 16 seed was searched the least. So my big takeaway from this was, one, Game of Thrones is massive because the Night King just blew everybody away in Google search results. And two, there's some villains in here that are just dudes and they're all voted pretty low. So I feel like that just seeds him as it is. But what do you guys think about it? I mean, you got to pick
2: some criteria for how to rank them. So, I mean, as long as you're consistent, I think, I, I, I'm with you there, too. Like, the fact that the Night King has more searches than the rest of them combined, I think it's silly. But, you know, wild, don't yeah. be it.
1: <laughs> when you just search the Night King, you get three billion search results. And that's insane. So that's I ridiculous. put the Night King Game of Thrones just to make it a little bit more fair, and it was still 700 million. It's like, okay, this is stupid. You're the one seed. I get it. But how do you think he compares to Commodus? Kels, have you seen Gladiator?
0: Okay, first, have I seen Gladiator, Brian? Oh my gosh, you forced me to watch it, and that wasn't even <laughs> the first time I've seen it. You always want to watch Gladiator. Want to watch Gladiator? Oh, Gladiator's on TV. Want to watch Gladiator? We get it, Brian. We get it. Um, I don't really feel like he himself is that great of a villain, Commodus, because like he doesn't really do any of his own dirty work, really. I mean, I don't think that necessarily means that he's a bad villain, but like the Night King is like out there doing the nitty gritty, dirty work. He himself is terrifying. If Commodus was just alone, would you really be that scared of him?
2: And Faces over here. What exactly did the Night King do at any point in that trilogy other than stand quietly at the end of a hill? <laughs> like, yeah, he's more, it's more menacing.
0: He's got dragon glass, right? Yes.
2: Neat. I have regular glass. It's on the sides of my
1: house. <laughs> Does it doesn't make me terrifying. So what the Night in my opinion, what the Night King should have been would probably be a really awesome villain. I don't feel like the I don't feel like it paid off. Whereas Commodus, I don't think I've ever I mean there's not many villains I've hated more than Commodus. Yes, he wasn't he was kind of a weakling and stuff, but that, that, that's what made it so good is that this little douchebag could rule Rome and our hero Maximus Decimus Meridius is kind of can't do anything about it.
0: The Night King is the one that made all the White Walkers. Look how many White Walkers there were. He made that. He's the reason for all that.
2: I mean, he had like a bunch of other people that helped him too.
0: He's like one of the main reasons you don't go beyond the wall.
2: Right, and, like, I'll be honest. I think Brian and I are so heavy on Commodus because we love Gladiator. Right. Um, now, I act. I honestly think in this particular matchup, the way that this is set up, that the Night King is probably the winner. Um, And I'm willing to concede that. But in my opinion of, like, all of the bad guys of Game of Thrones, like, he's not even the one that people hated the most. He was just like, oh, right. he's- He's coming. He's coming. And well, then he finally did. And he walked up and stood in front of a tree for 10 seconds and got stabbed. Like there it was. He came. He did oh, it. A-
0: Arya crushed him. Yeah. Sorry for the spoilers. If nobody decided <laughs> to watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> that's kind of on you, I guess at this point, like you've had plenty of time to do it. If you were going to watch it.
2: Yeah. I like the one person that hasn't seen it yet.
0: I feel like Commodus is kind of like, Joffrey. he just reminds me of like a little, like, like a little baby, like a little Joffrey.
1: Yeah, he's like Joffrey. And I yeah. feel like I hated oh, Joffrey is. more than the Night King. I feel like the Night King is I had to include him because he is, you know, the apex villain in the in the series, but I hated Joffrey more than the Night King. And I feel like Commodus is the gladiator version of Joffrey.
0: You're not gonna win this one, Brian, I don't think. I don't know.
2: I just the reason I'm gonna concede the Night King on this one is iconically, if you put a picture of two of them up, nine people out of ten are gonna go, ooh, that one's the Night King and oh the other one is Joaquin Phoenix.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I feel like there's like a category of villains, like the Joffreys, the commoduses, (laughs) commoduses, and like um (laughs) comedy. It also reminds me of um you remember the movie Troy with Brad Pitt? I think Orlando Bloom kind of played, like, that kind of villain, too, in that movie, if I recall correctly.
1: No, Orlando Bloom was a good guy. It was Brad Pitt that was Achilles.
0: I know, but, like, Orlando Bloom, isn't he the one that stole the girl that started the whole battle?
1: Yeah, but he he, he was, like, the, a little prince. He wasn't, he wasn't evil.
0: But that's what they all remind me of. They're all these little, like, princes that were just handed power, and they're kind of, like, at the end of the day, if they were actually put in, like, danger like one on one combat, they wouldn't stand a chance.
1: All right. So I I am gonna vote for Commodus. Last thing I'm gonna say is if not the best movie scene for me of uh ever, is when Maximus reveals himself to the reveals himself to Commodus and it's because someone finally stuck up to Commodus. And that just plays into how much I actually hated that character. So he is going to get my vote. I do understand everything you guys are saying about the Night King, though. So I do not mind being wrong on this.
0: I vote for the Night King. I mean, I don't disagree that Commodus belongs in the bracket. I just don't think. I don't know. This is not going to be a a Retriever March Madness win. Sorry. I'm going to go with the Night King.
1: And Luca. I,
2: I'm going to go Night King as well. I'm not going to pick this hill to die on. There's other hills to die on later.
0: <laughs> it's a very hilly battle. <laughs>
1: and that brings us to the 9 seated Cujo against the 8 seated Lord Voldemort. <laughs> and I've only seen one Harry Potter movie, so I am not the best person to have a Harry Potter opinion, but I'm pretty sure you guys have seen them all, right?
0: i've seen um i wouldn't say all of them but i've seen definitely more than one
2: <laughs> i think i think voldemort is so much more iconic than cujo
1: i feel like Lord voldemort is what the Night king should have been no, he
2: he's the big he's the big bad guy that for the first couple of books nobody even said his name they're so afraid of him and then he finally shows up and he is pretty badass though.
1: So. Right, right. I haven't even seen the movies but I've YouTube the fight scenes with Voldemort in them because he's so badass, right?
2: Yeah, like he lives up to the to the hype.
1: Cujo is scary because I think everyone is scared of a rabid dog and it's a big St. Bernard rabid dog. But uh he only I know I don't think people actually kill each other in Harry Potter, maybe I'm wrong. Kujo only had three confirmed kills, which, when you're in a horror movie and you only have three confirmed kills to your name, like that's not that impressive.
2: Right. No. They're, they're, they're killing people left and right in Harry Potter, man. For real. Oh yeah. Once once they once all the bad guys start showing up at the end, they're throwing out a vada Kadabra spells that like everyone they don't like, which is, for those not indoctrinated in Harry Potter, that's the insta kill spell. So, they're tossing that they're tossing that out there big time.
1: Harry Potter has an insta kill spell A Kedavra. I thought this was a kid's book, yeah, well, you know
0: <laughs> also he's like the leader of like all the evil like wizards, isn't he? like he's like the top guy of all of them.
2: yeah, he's the dude,
0: I mean someone that can just snap their fingers and kill you. I don't know, I feel like I mean obviously Cujo is terrifying, and I think Stephen King. Like, oh, my gosh. The amount of, like, villains that have come from Stephen King. I mean, like, our horror movie bracket, it was in there. Um, We had the guy from The Shining in there, Jack. Like, he is really good at developing a really good villain. But I feel like I've encountered Cuchos at the dog park. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and have come out the other side. Um, I'm going to go... Okay, that's With lord voldemort
1: i get you that may be underselling the rabid dog a little bit i mean he killed three people <laughs> but i agree lord voldemort for me yeah that's a three for three
0: i think i'm more scared of the dog from the sandlot <laughs> all
1: right and that brings us to our five seed dracula against 12 scene hans alanda did i say that right
0: is that the guy from um...
1: in Glorious Hans, Hans Landa? Yeah.
0: Well, um, one of them is a Nazi. <laughs> so um, that's terrifying. <laughs>
1: we kind of have a joke that like being the Hitler of a universe, like Red Skull in the Marvel Universe and Scar in The Lion King, like being Hitler or being a Nazi is kind of like a trump card in terms of being a villain right
0: it's kind of weird to think that like it's just crazy that we're thinking of like oh these villains that don't really exist you know like dracula oh that doesn't really exist it the evil clown that doesn't really exist like nazis uh, that's like a real part of our world history like how messed up is this world like
2: yeah i guess like for me this one i guess the only difference here is like dracula is the vampire, like of all of the vampires, he's like vampire number one. And Hans Landa is, you know, a Nazi. He's not like, like if this was like Dracula versus the Nazi, like collectively, I'd be like, yeah, I think you got an argument there. Um, but this is just, just one of them. A bad one, you know, not on a, on a, on a scale of, you know, bad Nazi to just regular Nazi. <laughs> He's, you know, he's a bad one. Um, I just don't know if he beats the king
1: of vampires.
0: I was gonna say Dracula's very iconic, like very iconic.
1: The fact that we feel that way, and like, when's the last time we've had like a good Dracula movie? When I think of Dracula, I think of black and white movies. Yeah, well, because you think
2: of like Nosferatu, because that wasn't even Dracula either. That was that was Nosferatu.
1: Oh, that's not Dr- the Dracula that I'm thinking of. Is not even Dracula?
2: Yeah, like the the really creepy, the yeah, yeah that one. Huh. Cause like I think of Dracula. Yeah, and I like I love Underworld and all of those movies and stuff. Like those are all vampires. I don't know. That one's tough. Cause yeah, it's true. It's like it's Dracula himself usually isn't in a lot of movies. Yeah,
1: now that makes me rethink something.
0: If we're talking like iconic, I mean, I feel like Dracula is the clear winner because you have like those monsters. So you have, you know, the werewolf, you have Frankenstein, you have Dracula. They're like the building blocks of like horror and monsters. That's like where it all started. The mummy, you know what I mean? That's where it all started. And then from there, you just kind of build off of that idea. I'm sold. First of all, I love... Inglorious Bastards. I think it's such a good movie. Brian oh, does not like those kind of movies at all.
1: You don't like Inglorious Bastards?
0: He doesn't no. like that style.
1: I'm not of a Quentin film. Tarantino fan at all.
0: We just watched the new Suicide Squad, and if nobody has seen it, I definitely recommend it. It was way better than the first one, 100%. But it's not what you expect. And it's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino style of a superhero movie. And I loved it because of that reason. And like Brian was like not a fan. I don't want to get too off track, but if you haven't seen it, all of Wait, you, I definitely no. recommend.
1: I liked the movie. I just didn't think it all that unnecessary weird gore that Tarantino throws in his.
0: And this isn't a Tarantino
1: movie. The guy who made this was the guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy. Gun?
0: Yes. Is that yep. what it is?
1: I think so. There's a lot. It's definitely not a movie you can watch with your kids.
0: Which is fine. It's
1: whatever. But, like, there's a lot of gore in there that's like, oh, was that really needed? And it's Tarantino does it in every single movie he's in. And I I get it. People like it. But I didn't think it was needed.
0: All right. I vote Dracula.
1: I'm also on Team Dracula here. And you guys convinced me. And I wasn't voting for the Inglorious Bastards guy anyways. But Dracula.
0: Can I just give a shout out, though? He is terrifying, the guy from Inglorious Bastards. And they literally start the movie with, like, the most tense scene Um, where this guy is like hiding people in the back like in the bottom of his house from the nazis and this guy shows up and this whole scene you think that he like doesn't know and that he's gonna leave and then like he pulls a like 180 and they shoot through the floor like killing the people that are hiding it's terrible
2: they do a they do a wonderful job with the character of taking it totally evil person and somehow making his personality somewhat likable like you enjoy watching him on screen
0: you enjoy watching him on screen but you're also thinking to yourself like how he would just give you the worst anxiety even if you didn't feel like he was targeting you like being in a room with him would just like kill you on the inside even if it didn't actually kill you like it's crazy but yeah, I do agree. I think Dracula is definitely more of an iconic villain, which is a lot of times what pulls somebody through in this competition.
1: All right. So, speaking of killing, our next match, the 13 seed against the four seed, is two killers that do their work way differently. We've got John Doe from the movie Seven. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box?
0: I was literally thinking that when we made the bracket. <laughs> You stole my line.
1: <laughs> against the shark from Jaws. This one's tough. These are, these are terrifying killers that are completely different. This one's
2: super tough. Because, like, sharks are just scary in general. But, like, Kevin Spacey's character, John Doe, he's not on screen a whole ton. Like, most of the movie is about Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman.
0: Kind of reminds me of um, I think it was Silence of the Lambs that they talk about with the Han- with Hannibal, where they're discussing like how a lot of the violence and gore happens off screen. But you're just left to imagine yeah. like what is happening. And obviously, like in seven, you're finding the bodies so you can get an idea of like what is happening to them. You know what I mean?
1: And like that twist at the end. What's in the box? in the box. That's one I mean, of the most I mean he's a
0: serial killer. Of course serial killers are terrifying. I and, know, uh...
1: but like before that you kind of meet him and realize that yeah, he's messed up, but like how far is he willing to go? Like you every one of his victims up until that point had like a they weren't upstanding citizens, I don't believe. And the victim on his last kill, it it just it left me yeah. uneasy.
0: I feel like both of these are unfortunately realistic villains that you could encounter. I mean, obviously sharks don't attack Wait, people sharks are as real? much. Shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't attack people as much as it's like made to believe, but that being said, I mean, they're still out there attacking people. You could just having a normal day in the ocean and all of a sudden you're missing your bottom half. Serial killers obviously exist. We have a whole history of them. um There's still other ones out there that haven't even been caught yet, which is just crazy.
1: Yeah, this is a really hard matchup for me.
0: Sharks are avoidable. Like, a shark is avoidable, but if a serial killer wants to snatch you up and play games with you, I mean, <laughs> that could happen to you anywhere, anytime. So I feel like that's a little scarier. Like, a shark isn't going to come find you in the forest or in your car you know what i mean but like I think
1: i've read that like great whites don't even attack that much but that movie would make you think that great white sharks are the epitome of death
2: that, yeah that movie made people think sharks were uh, like you'd be in your living room and you're gonna get taken away by a shark
0: oh yeah people were afraid to go in the water after watching people they say people are were afraid of space after watching apollo 13. And people were afraid to go in the water again after watching Jaws. So,
1: isn't that a testament to how awesome the villain was? If it took this animal and made you way more scared of it than you ever should have been, not that sharks, whatever, aren't scary or aren't going to kill you, but not, not I don't know, not to the Jaws level.
0: I feel like also Jaws is more iconic. Once again, if we're going on the iconic thing. And I feel like the John Doe thing has been done a lot, and I don't think that he was kind of the OG of it.
2: Seven's kind of an—it's not a new movie, but I know where it's not see new.
0: No, but I mean the idea of somebody just killing to kill. And actually, now that we kind of break down the Seven movie, I feel like that's kind of an inspiration for Saw in a way.
1: Probably, yeah. It's kind of the whole like you, the the people that died died for a reason. It wasn't, he wasn't just, like, randomly killing people. Remember, it was the whole seven deadly sins, so.
0: And also, making it personal. Like, how he made it personal in the end with Brad Pitt. I feel like that was something that happened in Saw a lot, where he'd, like, go and take the family members and, like, put them in the traps. Or even the one where the guy's son was, like, supposedly being filled with the poisonous air. Like, always found a way to make it personal too
1: well i am going to vote for jaws iconically it's just jaws is too easy
2: on this one
0: i do feel bad because i feel like sometimes when somebody does something that's original at the time but then it gets redone so many times by other people in different ways it kind of makes the original one lose some of its like iconicness does that make sense Like, I know the whole shark thing has been redone again and again, but I don't feel like it's been redone to, like, the point of Jaws.
2: And I think they've overdone sharks. There's literally a movie called Sharknado, and it has, like, its own universe. (laughs)
1: That's a whole...
2: That's a a thing. (laughs) Like, hold on a second. It's not like they came out with John Doe-Nado. (laughs) It's <laughs> so like there's a tornado that throws out serial killers at people.
1: Are the sharknado movies released are they scary?
2: They're I mean, terrible to be honest. I've never seen I've never watched them.
1: All right, Kelsey, who who are you voting for?
0: I'm going to go with the shark from Jaws.
1: All right, that's another 3-0 sweep. And that brings us to our next match, which is the 3-seeded Agent Smith from The Matrix against the 14-seed King Ghidorah from Godzilla.
0: Two villains I know like nothing about. <laughs>
2: Not even Agent Smith?
0: I don't even feel like, to be honest, I don't think I ever saw The Matrix all the way through. I think I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I probably know more about the Godzilla villain because I was dragged to those movies, or at least some of them.
1: Wow.
0: I know. I'm a failure. So is Godzilla not his own villain?
1: He's an antihero. He's sometimes villain but he's also sometimes like the savior. So
2: he's he's chaotic neutral.
0: Honestly, he sounds like me.
1: <laughs> yes, Kelsey is chaotic neutral. Is that Yeah, is Kelsey chaotic neutral?
0: I can so relate to Godzilla. It's not even real.
1: Okay, so King Ghidorah maybe didn't need to make this list. And there's a couple honorable mentions that we're going to state later that maybe could have been in here. But I feel like the Godzilla universe is huge, massive and King Ghidorah he's he's a king like he is the big bad of all of the villains in the in the kaiju universe he he's it he's the big three-headed dragon uh if you guys have never seen a Godzilla movie you could probably see a picture of Ghidorah and guess where it's from at least so he's he's iconic
0: he looks like if you took the three dragons from Game of Thrones and just combined them yeah.
1: Google the uh, Targaryen sigil. It's a three-headed dragon circle, and it kind of looks like King Ghidorah. So yeah, you're right. I agree with you.
0: Angel Smith is just a dude with some sunglasses.
2: That's a lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you see what I
1: gotta deal with when she says crap like that?
0: Oh, he has an earpiece too. Ooh, that's terrifying. that's what that's
2: what it is. That's his that's his mystical earpiece of the ancients. Uh, you can't overlook that.
0: He has. Oh, I'm like, overlooking it.
1: He's like unlimited power in the Matrix, right, Luca? He's, he's omniscient. Any, any person still connected
2: to the simulation can suddenly become an agent. He's everywhere. He's all-knowing. Hell, he broke, he broke the Matrix. Neo broke him, so then he came back bigger and badder.
1: And Kelsey calls him a dude with an earpiece. He's
2: a dude with an earpiece.
1: That is gonna I know what she's gonna say about a villain that we have coming up in this bracket. Not gonna even get into that yet. But he's yes, he is way more than a dude with an earpiece.
0: He buttons both the buttons on his suit jacket coat. He can go away.
1: He's one of those villains where like in the whole first movie you're you're wondering, like, how is he even defeatable? Mr. Anderson. It's so oh good what you have to like
2: understand the matrix to even be able to understand how powerful he is
0: off of appearance alone the three-headed dragon oh come on me
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking yes
0: if put
1: them on a in a
2: street fight against each other sure <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: on appearance that, alone i'll take the three <laughs> i'll take the three-headed dragon over the secret agent oh yeah killer well yeah i mean
2: i would have taken the evil wizard over the angry dog any day too but that's not <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right mr earpiece can judge bullets flawlessly punch through concrete with his bare hands he can. and jump impossible distances he can i don't know what the jumping is really gonna <laughs> do for him but
1: watch the movie and you'll know he's like He's like the
2: video game villain where all of his stats are turned up to 100. Yes. He's unbeatable in the video game. The only way that he becomes beatable is you have to cheat. You have to bring in cheat codes, and that's the only thing that gives Neo any advantage ever in the whole concept of the Matrix. Is he has a game shark. (laughs) That's his special ability.
1: So if I was going to vote on fandom, I like the Godzilla movies more and I think God, uh, King Ghidorah is more of a, my type of villain, but yes, like the way Luca explains it overall, agent Smith just gives you that feeling of like inferiority. Like he is, he's is always going to be ahead of you and better than you. And what more could you ask for? So like, I am going to vote agent Smith. Me too. I mean,
0: so my vote doesn't really matter anyways. I don't really know. I just don't know enough about either one of them. So if I'm just going off of, I don't know, iconic, then I guess, yeah, the guy from The Matrix is a little bit more.
1: All right. So that's a 3-0 sweep. And that brings us to our 11-seed Xenomorph, which is the alien in the movie Alien, and the six-seeded T-Rex from Jurassic Park.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> How did these two end up against each other?
1: That's a good matchup. These are hard. This is probably the hardest region.
2: Oh, this bottom part of the bracket is where I'm going to get angry.
1: <laughs> is this. Do you feel strongly about one of these two?
2: I do. And it's the underdog xenomorph.
1: I was worried you'd say that.
2: <laughs> because, like. If you put a picture of that thing anywhere, you're like, oh, that's alien. Like, there it is, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing to differentiate any – like, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park is just a random run-of-the-mill T-Rex. It's just another little short arm dinosaur floating around out there.
0: Yeah, because to clarify, we're not talking about anything that they made in Jurassic World, by the way. So anybody listening to this, when they start making, like, the – um. Genetic, you know, designed dinosaurs. dinosaurs. We're not talking about those. We're just talking about the OG T-Rex.
2: Like, let's be honest. Like, the raptors were the scariest dinosaur from Jurassic Park.
1: I almost threw them in the honorable mentions because the raptors were sweet. The T-Rex just knocks the truck off. It bites that that guy in half while he's pooping. But do you remember when they're in the car... And the water starts shaking and you know the T Rex is coming and like the T Rex is looking in the car and stuff. That was horrifying. That was horrifying. But so was when like when the alien like infests somebody and jumps out their body. Like that's obviously creepy too. Face
2: face huggers are a thing. They put babies in you through your throat. That's what those things are, the crab things that jump on your face and put the baby in your throat and then it jumps out of your
1: chest. Wait till you see the new Suicide Squad.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, they kind of do a play on that in the new Suicide Squad movie. Are you familiar
1: with the comics? Like, do you read the comics?
2: Uh, generally not. I, I don't really read them. I'll, I'll kind of go in, and I'll look around,
1: like, to get details and stuff. But. The big bad, the main villain, and it sounds really stupid, and that's kind of like, they really played on how stupid the DC villains can be, And but they did it in a good way. The main villain is like a giant, Face-hugging starfish.
2: You know, I thought I saw that on TV recently, and I was like, "The hell is that?"
0: It's not a face-hugging starfish. It like produces mini starfish that are like face-hugging starfish. It, It makes it sound dumber, but I promise you guys, it's really definitely watch. Watch it.
1: There's one scene where the giant starfish is walking down the street and it pans out to like these two random people that see it and they're like what in the actual hell? Like they don't act like it's something cool. They act like it's a big WTF moment. So
2: Yeah, like it's a giant starfish in this guy.
1: But alien obviously doesn't alien was terrifying. It has its spit is acid
2: and its blood. Like it's a genetically engineered super alien.
1: Yeah, I do. And I do think that, like, the fact that Alien can have, like, a standalone universe where, like, there's alien, you know, there's all these different alien movies. I don't think Jurassic Park has its luster if you make a T Rex movie. No. What's the T Rex do?
0: I also feel like you're afraid of almost all, almost, I'm not saying all of them, but almost all the dinosaurs and all the Jurassic Park movies pretty equally. I mean, they're dinosaurs. Like, they're, unless they're, are they what are they called it, herbivores, herbivores or whatever, where they just eat plants. Like, unless they're just not on grass, I'd be pretty terrified of dinosaur in general.
1: Absolutely. The most terrifying ones were those little ones that, like, Ate you to death in a pack, like oh the ones ones? that
0: like attached that girl on the beach, yeah, that like surrounded her.
1: That was in Jurassic Park three.
0: And I mean, in general, like it kind of, in a way, though the T-Rex is like what the shark was in Jaws, but at the same time,
1: but not as good.
0: Like I said, for me,
2: for me, the Raptors are the scariest thing
0: from Jurassic
2: Park, like the T-Rex is like, oh, a shiny thing and like fights a truck for five minutes and then it's over with it and then uh, you never see it again. And then the, the, the T-Rex ends up like saving the day and killing one of the raptors later on anyway.
0: I was gonna say, and also are are the humans the villains in Jurassic Park? Because they're the ones trying to contain these animals that are meant to be free. And now these animals are pissed off.
2: Aren't we always the villain?
0: We kind of are. May as well just accept it. Same thing in Alien. I mean, get the hell out of space. Leave him alone.
1: Sure, Why do we have to be space? up?
0: Why do we have to be up in everybody else's business? Hello. All
1: right. It sounds like Luca, you are voting for. I I am firmly
2: ensconced on the Xenomorph. And Kelsey, you are voting for.
0: Can I just say I really love Jurassic Park. I love those movies. I have a T-shirt. I sing the theme song all the time to Brian. but I am also going to go with alien it I actually watched that movie in a film class and I had like nightmares for like three nights after watching it and also my friend in college once made this face that kind of looked like the alien face like where the teeth are like coming out of the mouth or whatever it was the little circle thing And I got so pissed at her that I didn't talk to her for the rest of the night. (laughs) So um, I'm going to go with Alien as well. Well, Xenomorph from Alien.
1: All right. And that brings us to the 7 seated Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz and the 10 seated Sauron from The Lord of the Rings. Kelsey, let's get your take on this first because I know where Luke is going.
0: How is the ring not the villain? Luca, (laughs) are we all confused by this? If there wasn't a ring, there'd be no issue.
2: Oh my god, no, that's no Sauron created the ring, it was into the ring which he poured his cruelty and his malice and his will to dominate all life.
1: Me and Luca are massive Lord of the Rings fans. In fact, Kelsey, did you know that I actually didn't see the first Lord of the Rings when it came out? I thought that the whole fantasy aspect of it looked like something I wouldn't like. Luca and Jamin yep. talked me into going to see the second one, the Two Towers with them. And I fell in love. Like that movie to still to this day is a top ten movie for me. Like that is amazing. And then we went to see the third one together when it came out. And I thought it was even better. So yep. I think between the Dark Knight trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like it's one A and one B for me. And I didn't get into the Lord of the Rings until Luca convinced me to. So, Luca, thank you.
2: Oh, it's no problem at all.
1: But before we get into Sauron, because I I do know where you're going to go with this. Should we give the Wicked Witch of the West a little bit of due credit? Absolutely.
0: I mean, I think she's like definitely an OG. I mean, that movie came out so early. I feel like that movie and like kind of like psycho are like the two movies that pop into my head right away where you're like really starting at the early days of film and like really starting at the early days as well of like building a villain. That's like universally a villain. If that makes sense. Like even I mean, if you've every, never seen psycho. Yeah. Even if you've never seen psycho, you know who Norman Bates is. And even if you've never seen the Wizard of Oz, which would be kind of silly if you haven't, but you know who the Wicked Witch of the West is. I mean, you can picture her. You know what I mean? I'm That's kind of the point.
1: <laughs> I didn't like this. Okay. I didn't like this about the Wicked Witch of the West, and I really didn't like it about Signs because Signs came out 60 years later and should have been even smarter. Right. There is water in the air. We live on a planet that is freaking what a 70% water
2: on the surface, yeah.
1: If water is your kryptonite, then you are not that good of a villain at the end, uh, when it comes down to it. Seriously, when in science and I know this is off track. In science, when they throw the freaking cup of water at the alien and he melts, like the goddamn wicked witch of the west. Like why are you trying to take over Earth then? Like how did you not realize that before? Yeah, you are capable of inter or interuniverse travel, but you right? ca- you don't realize that you're coming to a a planet that's full of water?
0: M Night last name I can't pronounce. Um he always does that with his movies though. He has the dumbest twist at the ending that don't make any sense.
2: M Night Shamalama Ding Dong.
0: I've said enough dumb things on this podcast. I didn't need to add another one. Um but like he always does that. He puts in the dumbest twist at the end.
1: It's like they got to the end of that movie, The Wizard of Oz, and they're like, "Crap, like we need to kill her off. We need to kill her off. How do we? How do we kill her?
2: That'll get her."
1: And it's like, I, and I know the
2: argument of like, "Oh, well, you know, it's the it was the beginning of, you know, film and stuff like that, and you know, it's old, so it's not going to be that creative." For reference, The Hobbit, which was the first book in the Lord of the Rings universe, which references my man Sauron, came out two years before the Wizard of Oz. So don't blame it on lack of creativity.
1: Could you imagine if Sauron was defeated by a squirt
2: Well, I mean, that's all he is, is just a giant flaming eye on top of a tower. Just when it rains, that's it. (laughs) Game over. over. (laughs) (laughs) It's absurd.
0: I don't think you guys are going to convince me on this one. I'm sorry. Like, you see the color green and you instantly think of the Wicked Witch.
2: I don't think it's a bad pick to pick her as an iconic villain any time. I just, the way that this bracket fleshed out is against a 54,000 year old demigod.
1: And like, I think of Lord of the Rings villains and like, um, Luca, help me out. What, who's the the wizard? The other, uh, not, not Gandalf. Sauron. Sauron so I think of Lord of the Rings villains and like Saruman is an awesome villain himself, but he was, he was good. He was good in the originals. Was he
2: yeah, good was the... like Sauron turned him into a bad guy?
0: I feel like she is just like one of the most iconic, like villains in literature, in musical theater with wicked in the movies. I just feel like it's not even a debate. I feel like there's very few people you could have put her against where she wouldn't have won, in my opinion.
2: I I agree with so much of what you just said. But I'll just reference back to earlier of there's a hill I was willing to die on.
0: This This is the hill?
2: This is that hill. (laughs) I will allow my opinion to totally trump any other rational thought at this point.
1: I don't know how much you looked at the bracket, Luca, but it's going to get real interesting real quick.
2: Oh, trust me. I know.
0: I know the Lord of the Rings is, like, big. I get that. I totally understand. But I think there's people out there who can say they've never seen anything to do with the Lord of the Rings... And, like, I don't feel like there's anybody out there that can say that they haven't seen or read something that includes the Wicked Witch of the West.
2: What if if I told you that The Hobbit and Tolkien's writings, like The Lord of the Rings and stuff, are regarded as the single greatest literary effort of the 20th century? What, the dictionary's
0: not going to get any credit?
2: Tolkien literally (laughs) wrote the Oxford Dictionary. Wait, no, what? he did not. Yes, go and look. He's literally one of the original. I'm looking authors.
0: it up. I have a handheld computer <laughs> in my Cul- hand Culkin, right now. Tolkien is
2: one of the authors of the of the Oxford Dictionary.
1: That's amazing that that just worked out. When,
2: when his when his publisher originally got mad at him for the way that he had spelled like spelt a couple words in The Hobbit, he came back with, "Don't tell me how words are supposed to be spelled. I wrote the dictionary." <laughs>
0: What the heck? Oh my he, he, god! He created
2: all of the Elvish languages purely for this his series of books.
1: Sauron advances two to one, and it brings us to the last match of this round, which is the fifteen-seated Hans Gruber from Die Hard against the two-seated Darth Vader.
0: I mean, we can argue this, but this was just an unfortunate battle. <laughs>
1: We had a landslide like this last week in the Disney bracket. This one might rival that in terms of just not even close. Hans Gruber deserves some credit. And I do think he's a good villain. He took over a building. That's impressive.
0: I was watching this top 10 on like... um like, underrated movie performances kind of thing. And people were saying that they were very shocked by Alan Rickman's portrayal of that villain because I guess he had never really played a villain before. And yet he was, like, super convincing. So all props given. But that being said, I mean, Starfader. <laughs> like, do you really even need to argue? The and most I know- iconic villain. I said, and I still say, that he is a <laughs> overrated stormtrooper. <laughs> oh,
2: I remember when you said that, and I was listening in my truck, and I just started yelling. I just was yelling at my radio.
0: He has some force, <laughs> to quote myself. Um, but I am going to go, I, I mean, I'm going to go with Darth Vader on that one.
1: I, think, I don't think we need to talk about Darth Vader here. We'll get into Darth Vader next round, but it's... A clear Darth Vader win for me. Yeah. Real quick. Since we already talked about Harry Potter, did you guys know that Hans Gruber was also Severus Snope from Harry Potter?
2: Alan Alan Rickman is definitely Mr. Snape.
1: So Snape? <laughs> See,
0: I, I was just gonna say, first of all, we're keeping that in there, so don't even try to edit that out, Brian.
2: <laughs> Severus
1: Snope?
0: Snow. <laughs> so scary.
1: Yeah, Snape. So terrifying. So much so much worse. All right, 3-0. Okay, and that concludes the first round of this region. And that is where we are going to leave off for this week. Make sure you check in next week when we finish the region and we narrow down these villains to a final 4. Thanks. <laughs>